0: You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. stop. Get ready to podcast.
1: All right. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys podcast, Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact. We got Matt Michaels and Sin City Steve with us. And welcome to Three Counts. We got three good topics for you that we're going to discuss. If you're watching us live, feel free to throw them in the comments, what your thoughts are. And as we see fit, we'll get them onto our screen. And um, if you are just downloading the podcast and listening, thank you for uh, for listening. If you ever want to be a part of our three count, it's we record this every Sunday around 8.50 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you follow us on our social media, uh, Facebook, live, YouTube, live, Twitch, if you just follow, uh, you'll get the notifications when we're going on, and then you can just hang out with us, all right? So with that, let's get to our uh, three counts. It's time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting present. One, two, three. Count talk. talk, Count talk, baby. All right, let's get to our first one, One. and this one is from itrwrestling.com, which is pretty much inside the ropes. It is titled, Dave Meltzer on possible difficulties with AEW's 2023 TBS negotiations, and this is how it reads. Dave Meltzer has commented on a potential minefield awaiting AEW come their 2023 contract negotiation with TBS as a corporate merger could wreck havoc. Warner Media, which owns TBS and TNT, is set to merge with Discovery and Warner Media CEO Jason Killar, already a casualty with warnings of more cuts to come to the new media conglomerate. The New York Post has reported that new CEO David Zaslav is expected to, quote, take a scalpel, end quote, to the new company, which would be known as Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, billionaire media mogul John Malone, who was a longtime stakeholder in Discovery, previously commented that, quote, cost synergies, end quote, reads, quote, cuts, end quotes, for the newly emerged company should be expected to, quote, easily go past, end quote, $3 billion to $4 billion a year. So in his Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer has commented on the merger and how it could affect AEW going forward into the next negotiations with the network in 2023. These are all Dave's words right here, quote, one very important thing in the future of AEW come 2023 when negotiations are going on for a new deal is that it looks like Kathleen Finch and former Chief Lifestyle Brand Officer at Discovery will be the person put in charge of TBS as part of the Warner Media and Discovery merger. So the station will have their vision. Dynamite is doing very well, and it's actually the highest-rated thing on the station other than the NBA or other major sports. But wrestling has a stigma. The other would be her view of programming in regards to things like blood and swearing, end quote. Now, long-time wrestling fans don't need to be reminded of what corporate mer- mergers can do to a wrestling company. The merger between AOL and Time Warner in the 90s was the ultimate nail in the coffin for WCW as those in charge didn't want wrestling on their network. It remained that way for 18 years until AEW debuted on TNT with Dynamite. In October 2019. All righty. Matt Michaels. This was your uh, article here man. What's your thoughts on it? Um, You know. This is.
0: This is the part of. The business that I think most people. Don't understand. Um, with the WWE. It's different. Because of the fact. That they've never gone without a contract. No one has ever basically not want it to give them money to put the product on, but that's an established product of, you know, over 40 years with this. It's, it's something new. And it's something where the person who brought you in to the fold is no longer with that company. uh, And you're going to have a new uh, force coming in, in terms of uh, potentially programming. So, there's there's a chance that things could get a little, you know, conflicting, um, but I like this Bischoff on 83 weeks. Um, he said uh, there's a lot of chatter, a lot of strong opinions, and I see people trying to compare where WCW was during the AOL Time Warner merger and where they perceive AEW because they're basically ignorant. I don't mean that as a shot. They just don't have the knowledge or information, the true definition of ignorance, and they're making statements and observations and have opinions that are based on a complete vacuum of any understanding of what's really going on. WCW was a wholly owned subsidiary of Turner as part of the AOL-Time Warner merger. AEW is an independent production company much like I was when I had my own production company with Jason Hervey. We create ideas. We develop them, we sell them, and we produce them for a fee. That's exactly what AEW is, no more, no less. They're not wholly owned subsidiary, which is probably a good thing because you're under less scrutiny at that point, which is very true. The um, the idea of, you know, if the contract does you know run out and they don't get renewed or you know for whatever reason that new regime doesn't want to work with them um there's other stations out there and i think what we're seeing here is a little over hyping over projecting of uh wanting to see this whole idea again of a company failing and whether it be the WWE, AEW, uh, and I think to a lesser extent maybe Impact, possibly, uh, but you're always going to want the big guys to fail, and there'll always be that audience out there for that. So as all this stuff starts unfolding, we're going to continuously get rumors. Uh, we're going to get you know bad assumptions. We're going to get uh, sources. That are nameless, and some of the information that they give might be true, and some might be total bullshit. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting time,
1: that's for sure. Sensity Steve, what's your thoughts on this, man? Any concerns, or, um, or are you, you know, you think it's going to be a positive outcome regardless?
2: So, I think that ultimately, um, AEW will not go without a TV distribution deal so as Matt Michaels had mentioned there there are always other outlets or other stations that they can turn to worst case scenario I think that where a lot of people um, really kind of are uh, apprehensive with this is because this happened this article even mentions it um, you know the merger of AOL Time Warner is exactly what did in WCW. And there are, you know, I fair, fair to say a pretty decent contingent of people that see the writing on the wall with this. And they're like, oh shit, not this again, because obviously this is what happened last time, 18 years, um, since WCW closed their doors and let's call it what it is. I mean, in that, in that 18 year span, WWE became not that they were not this before, but they were the undisputed worldwide leader in absolutely everything sports and entertainment. Um, they became... The, it's almost like as if they rose to prominence after they conquered their competition and after WCW went away. Um, and it, it's one of those things that I firmly believe that competition makes everybody better. Um, it, it It's very, very... It's right in front of our faces. Um, All that we need to do is go back, if we ever would want to, and watch any of the TV from the time period before AEW existed Mm -hmm. um, and compare that to the shows now. Dare I say, just the mere presence of AEW on the radar of WWE has helped them to up their game, has helped them to be more spontaneous. And yes, you know, there's there's always the comments about the script being rewritten three and four times a day and sometimes right before the show itself. Realistically, that kind of stuff happens largely based off of competition. Um, so it, it's one of those things that I've, I, I'm firmly in the corner that competition needs to stick around, and I think it will. Um, one thing that a lot of people are really amped up about is... Possibly a distribution deal on a streaming platform for AEW, be that through HBO Max, uh, be that through somewhere else. Um, I think that that is one of the one of the things that AEW and Tony Khan specifically needs to secure so that they can ensure the the livelihood of the product for not just you know all of the other stuff that they want to do like Ring of Honor, like Rampage, Dynamite, that kind of thing but for the overall preservation of the company itself. Yeah. And I think that we're going to start to see more, more companies start to reach out for those types of streaming deals, and uh, it's only going to get more, uh, more prevalent, for sure.
0: Bischoff made one uh, other very good point. He said, with AEW, it's going to come down to two things. The creative direction of David Zaslav yes. for TBS and TNT, And the amount of revenue that the licensed property is producing for TBS on that beachfront property. So if you've got somebody coming in from Discovery Ad Sales, because that's what's going to happen, Ad Sales makes more of the decision on content than just about anybody. I can't tell you how many times I pitched really great shows with super great talent attached to it. Everybody in the room loved it, including the head of network, but... The head of network was going to wait until he got an opportunity from ad sales before we got a green light. And uh, that's the bottom line. Since none of us know, we're going to wait and see as well. And we'll wait and see for the creative strategy of Zaslav and company. That's it. It's a wait and see situation. And I think everyone uh, just kind of overreacted.
1: What do you think about this? Um, I mean, Chris, uh, one of the guys watching us right now, we always appreciate Chris for hanging out. He says, look, a company, no matter what field of business it is, can only be as good as your competition. If McDonald's didn't have Burger King, Wendy's, et cetera, then they would have no reason, whatever, to find ways to improve their products.
0: Bad, bad example, because
1: I don't know if McDonald's has ever
0: improved their products. (laughs) (laughs)
1: so oh boy damn that goes our mcdonald's sponsorship fuck oh well all right all right well um that is it for count number one (laughs) we might as well head over into uh count number two so let's get to it all right and this one is titled wwe smackdown preview it was just pretty much this past uh Friday show the brand split is dying and that's a good thing and that's on cage seats say cage side com so it reads like this WWE's brand split is dying and that's a good thing Roman Reigns became an undisputed WWE universal champion when he defeated Brock Lesnar at Mania WWE says universal championship and the WWE championship are now unified but Roman still carries around both titles separately and it sounds like WWE doesn't know how to unify a title concept will work going forward. Now, regardless, Roman has pretty much cleared out all the potential challengers on SmackDown with the exception of Drew McIntyre. Due to his sheer dominance and lack of credible threats, Roman has decided to sit and send the Usos over to Raw to go ahead and unify the SmackDown tag titles with the Raw tag team titles. And the Usos kicked their journey earlier this week on Raw when they crashed the main event scene and stood tall over RK-Bro as the show went off the air. Why were SmackDown wrestlers Jimmy and Jay allowed to show up on Raw? Did they use the wild card rule? What about the brand-to-brand invitational rule? Thankfully, WWE didn't bother to cite one of those very dumb rules to justify the Usos' appearance on Monday night. The Usos showed up on Raw because it made sense for them to do so. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Now, WWE has been bending its roster rules over the last month. Commentary explained it away as sort of a, quote, all-hands-on-deck, end-quote, situation for the build of WrestleMania last month. But WrestleMania is in the rearview mirror at this point, and the roster rules are still not being enforced. In addition to the Usos showing up on Raw each of the last two weeks, Raw wrestlers Liv Morgan competed on SmackDown last week, and WWE keeps talking about unifying both sets of tag titles Unifying multiple sets of titles is sort of the decision and accelerates the end of the brand split. Now, furthermore, the events page on WWE website is advertising Randy Orton, Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes for tonight's episode of SmackDown. I should say this past Friday night and WWE has not officially booked anything for the man to do. That night, perhaps Rollins and Rhodes are only there for a dark match duties, for example. But it makes sense for RK-Bro to show up on SmackDown after what happened with them on Raw. So that's exactly what should happen. The bottom line is that WWE creative struggles with getting over new stars and the brand split has been losing um, as a result. When the number two babyface on SmackDown is argu- arguably a ricochet and he's only a little bit higher than jobber status, that's a big problem. When Roman Reigns has practically nobody left on SmackDown to challenge his undisputed championship, that's a big problem. The easiest solution to those problems is to move away from the brand split, even if it's a gradual process. For example, the Uso storyline with RK Bro now opens up the possibility for Orton or Riddle to go after Roman's WWE Universal Championship down the line, and so the WWE brand split is slowly dying, and it welcomes in the necessary change at this point. Um, and then he breaks down, uh, the rest of the title scenes and he talks about other uh, stuff to keep an eye on, but I'm just going to jump over now to you, uh, Sin City Steve, because this was your, uh, your article. What is your take over this man?
2: I'll tell you, man, it's, it's really, uh, it's interesting because how long have they been coming up with these creatively named rules? to uh, allow talent exchanges to happen between the shows. Um, you know, the, the wild card rule, the brand-to-brand invitational rule. Um, you can definitely tell that WWE just wants to end the brand split and get it over with. Um, I think that that actually would be a problem at this point, to be honest. Um, so I, I do not agree with this writer. Um, I think that what you have is you're going to have, well, we've already talked about it. Um, you've got networks in the back pockets now of these companies, and these networks are wanting specific guys on their shows. Mm-hmm. And they're wanting them to be exclusive in some cases to their shows. Um, so that's that's something that you know you can't really play with too much fire um, because you can get burned, especially when it's the uh, the outlet for your your content. Uh, of course, what's the worst that can happen? Fox isn't going to give WWE the boot. Uh, USA is not going to give WWE the boot. So, I mean, realistically, at the end of the day, it all comes back to whatever Vince wants, Vince is going to get. Um, and, you know, I I think that having at least some some amount of exclusivity between, you know, wrestlers on brands, I think that that, that definitely does lend well. Um, the times where as long as there, you know, as long as there is continuity, and you don't have people jumping from show to show every single week. Um, when the, when people from different brands do actually cross paths and lock up, it actually does mean something. Um, but unfortunately we've seen way too often, way too often that this kind of thing is just, eh, it's glossed over. It's not a big deal. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, so-and-so came down ill. So we need to get a couple more people on the show. It's not like as if they don't have a roster size of over hundred people anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that it's. I think that it would be kind of giving some sort of credence to what they're already doing if they were to end the brand split. But I think that it's a very unwise move. I, I definitely think that they should continue the brand split. Um, yes, you can unify the 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 singles uh, men's championship and the tag team championships without question. And then you can have Roman and the Bloodline, you know, travel from show to show. That's great. That's totally fine. Let that happen. But there's no need to to end the brand split.
1: All right, Mister uh, Michaels, what is your your take on this, man? Uh, you think that the uh, brand split is dying, and they, and that's really a good thing if that's the case. So. <sighs> um but let, let's
0: be realistic the brand split is already dead essentially um and that's because you have had guys moving between the two shows for the past year you know it's 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 surprising that it's getting picked up on now because of the fact that the titles are being uh consolidated but one one thing I'll disagree with Steve on is that, They might have a hundred wrestlers under contract, but realistically with all the cuts they've made, you know, they only utilize X amount of people anyway. So I think really, honestly, my guess would be that this is a Fox driven move because they seem to respond to Fox USA's, a smaller platform essentially for them. Now, granted, everyone will argue the fact that Raw uh is the, you know, it's the long run. It's it's the one that's been going almost 30 years. And yeah, that's their most important show. And it's like it hasn't been. And especially since the Fox deal took place, it's definitely not their, you know, staple show. Mm-hmm. Um I think Fox does want some of those um, faces that are on Monday night to come over, um, especially when you look at a guy like the Miz, he should be on both shows with Cody Rhodes showing up in his exposure. He should be on both shows. I think that's what we're getting at. So, I, got you. I, I don't know, man. It's yeah. you know, I, and I think that the it would be great to keep the brands separate to some extent, but I think in the overall. You know, value, and I think we talked about this before, uh, over the years, and that is uh, SmackDown and Raw are coming to two towns that are very close to each other, right? You got two kids, one likes Roman Reigns, and one likes Seth Rollins. So now you essentially either have to go to both Raw and SmackDown to appease both kids. (laughs) Or one of the kids is going to beat the shit out of the other kid (laughs) because we had to go see your guy and and we couldn't go see my guy. So I I think that in some ways, um, having a little crossover definitely uh, will help ease uh, and and
1: sell more shit, to be honest. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. Good stuff there. All right. Let's jump over into our count number three. And this one is titled, WrestleMania 38 defeats the Super Bowl on the social media field. And this is from SportsGita.com. And then this talks about that WWE held its most attended and highest grossing WrestleMania event in the company's long history, Mania 38. The shows were held over two nights and drew 156,352 fans from all 50 states and 53 countries to the AT&T, Stylist, uh, AT&T Stadium in Dallas. On the top of setting the bar for attendance and revenue, WWE also took over social media, setting records for the number of video views, hours, and impressions of any event in WWE history. Not only that, but in the crowning achievement, WWE's WrestleMania beat the Super Bowl on social media versus impression, video views, video watch time, and engagements. And then the data for WWE WrestleMania event compared to the Super Bowl can be seen below, and it shows that with impressions, WWE had two point two billion, Super Bowl at one point eight. In videos, WWE had one point one billion, Super Bowl only had six hundred eighteen million. Video watch time: WWE had thirteen point one million, and the Super Bowl had three point five six million. An engagement: WWE had eighty seven million, and the Super Bowl had seventy eight million. So, uh, it, overall, WWE broke through several barriers at this time at Mania Thirty Eight. They did a record one one point one billion views across f- Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and Twitter. This was an increase of 47% from WrestleMania 37. And on top of that, that a record number of 785 million minutes or 13 million hours of videos consumed, an increase of 29%. And finally, their 2.2 billion impressions was an increase of 10% uh, from the previous year showing impressive growth. And when it came to the post with the highest engagements in history during an event, WrestleMania 38 shown. Through once more. The first was when Cody Rhodes returned to WWE and generated 500,000 engagements during the broadcast, a huge number indeed. And the second one was Pat McAfee, Austin Theory, Mr. McMahon match, which hit over 450,000 engagement during its broadcast. And Mr. McMahon returned to the ring and beat Pat McAfee, an impressive feat that was cheered by the fans. All right, guys. So this was uh, initially chosen by Simon Street, who's not with us tonight. Um, and so, anyway, what's your thoughts? Is there any surprise here? I mean, it's kind of weird to, to, for the idea that we are talking about all of the numbers that are being broken, but at the same time, they're calculating numbers from two nights. So they should be broken, right? I mean, how do you compare If the Super Bowl was going two nights, that would sort of be a fair Sort of, uh, and not to say that they would not have still did the same thing, you know. I mean, maybe they still would have beat the Super Bowl, you know. Who knows? But as, and I've seen them throw the chart up on TV, and and of course it looks great. It's, you know, it's bragging rights. But you know, is it really fair? What, what's your take on it? Either one of you, um, you know, what's your what's your thoughts?
2: Well, I I think that it was. You hit the nail right on the head, Impact, and that is that it was a two-night event. And it's, dare I say, uh, I don't want to say it's unfair, but uh, it doesn't line up that, you know, a two-night event um, gets, let's see, uh, 400 million more video views, or excuse me, impressions, um, about 500 million more video views. Um, So if you were to just extrapolate that data, um, 2.2 billion impressions for WWE across a two-night event, you're averaging 1.1 billion a night. Likewise, if you were to take the Super Bowl and expand that to a second night um, of action, then you would have 3.6 billion. Uh, 1.1 billion video views uh, for WWE, 618 million video views for the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl would have... If the numbers would would have stayed the same right. and we just work with doubles, yep. then they would have actually had more video views as well. Right? Watch time. Watch time though. Watch time is a huge difference. Thirteen point one million hours as compared to the Super Bowl's three point five six million hours, almost four times as much. Yeah. So basically, people they might be watching videos, but they're watching them for four times the length than what they did. For anything revolving around the Super Bowl, um, so that means to me that it's keeping viewers' attention, um, which is which is definitely something that uh, is vital for any brand, any content producer mm-hmm. is maintaining eyes and an overall watch time, um, engagements. Yeah, again, eighty-seven million versus seventy-eight. If you were to double the Super Bowl, you're looking over one hundred and fifty million engagements yeah um now the thing that is really kind of astounding it does mention the 500,000 uh engagements during Cody Rhodes uh match um you know re or welcome back to the company that's that's insane 500,000 engagements just during that match alone
1: yeah
2: <laughs> So yeah that, that's massive that's absolutely massive um regardless you know I know that we love to compare and contrast with other sports and other promotions and stuff like that. At the end of the day, this was a major success for WWE as a business, and that's the most important thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So much success that I guess they're going to just continue this two-nighter going forward. And uh, yep. Sorry, bro. It's all good. I think I got a plan. I got a plan that I think um, is going to work at least uh, night one. Just wait. Just wait <laughs> for the tickets to go buy one get one free.
2: Oh shit! That won't happen. <laughs> it did this year. Oh, did it? Yeah. Come on, man! You're buying your tickets from the wrong place.
1: But yeah, Ticketmaster.com. I've been saying that for years. SeatGeek, bro. I, I was SeatGeek. It was Seat, but it's the same thing. But still, yeah. It, I mean, realistically, and I, I feel the the
2: trepidation with the two nights, and I get it. Um, but you know, I
1: mean, yes, I mean deals, bro. the reality of it is okay. When it came to the seats, though, they did discount the seats if you're if you bought them together um, when you purchased mm-hmm. the tickets. So hopefully, you didn't have a moment where you bought night one or night two, and you go, "Oh man, we should just go to the other night too." And you bought tickets because if you did, then you really got fucked on the price. But what what comes down to it is, you know, if they were able to do that same thing for parking, if he was able to do that same thing at the concession stand, stuff that they won't do. Can you imagine paying? I think when we were there, we saw signs at like 60 bucks, 70 bucks for parking. Can you imagine two nights of that? 140 bucks. Come on, mm-hmm. man. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's just crazy. And we already know what the concession stand looks like. So I'm just like, man, it's just it's just too much, man. But anyways, we'll see. Um Mr. Matt Michaels, what's your take, man, when you saw this Well, well first off, let's be clear here.
0: 3.3 3 million minutes of view time <laughs> is essentially just one viewing of the Super Bowl. So Let's put it in perspective. (laughs) Right, That game goes on for a goddamn six months, right? (laughs) Uh, Number two, you guys did so much talking about numbers that my head's just like throbbing because math is something that uh, is is horrible. Um, So I look at it from a different perspective. If the NFL feels... That they are not getting the type of exposure WWE is getting, then next year Super Bowl, you have Pat McAfee suit up for one of the teams, and then during the game, Roger Goodell comes out of nowhere and stuns him.
1: <laughs> that and would tell you, that would get a bunch of uh, impressions and video rewatches and everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know. Um, I think that uh, that's the only answer is to add Pat McAfee to NFL programming and uh, have the old man do some kind of uh, one-on-one thing with him. Um, you can crown the new Tom Brady. We'll just call him by the last name of, you know, whoever it is. So, and, <laughs> you know, Godal could actually hand pick it and give him to like the Patriots. So, You know, use a little fucking theatrics, man. You know, look what Vince did with the uh, Monday Night Football uh, opening uh, back in 2002 when they were getting the E out. And Trish was in the locker room, desperate housewives and NFL. should just picked up on that shit and said, oh, man, we got something here. So so it's either Pat McAfee or uh, naked cheerleaders. (laughs) Yes, male and female.
1: Well, there you go. You know, trans. Uh, you trans. <laughs> there you go. Not binary is one. Well. Everyone's welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they, uh, the NFL never opened, had a, had a guest host opening a football show like they did this year. So they, they're taking, they grabbing something from somewhere going, we got to change something because the rock did that. And that was pretty awesome. So they're they watching. they just a little slow with trying to figure all of this out. <laughs> well, you
0: know who else is watching The Rock and the uh, XFL is uh, that uh, their ex-Olympians uh, branding group that got all over The Rock's case for the XFL logo uh, that it looks like they're going to sue over, which looks nothing alike. Oh, so, boy. You know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know... It, Basically, you're going to get the XFL. Once that starts going, they're going to be working with the NFL. I tell you right now, they will be working with them, and you're going to see some of that shit creep into the NFL, and it will be ratings fucking phenomenal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, gentlemen, it was fun. We're going to give our final thoughts for the night. As always, thank everyone who hung out with us on our live feed. Thank you for downloading. We appreciate it. Again, we just, uh, we're just we here for the comedy for the laughs, and we thank you for uh, laughing with us, all right? And we hope to do this again with you next week. So with that, Sin City Steve, man, what you got?
2: Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, the interaction has been awesome. So thank you so much. Um, Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the great stuff that you guys do. We truly appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, Also, very special shout-out and special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're on lands foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do that allows us to do what we love to do. And last but certainly not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. Go there for all of your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com use promo code
1: vegas at checkout and save yourself 15 percent perfect thanks i forgot to ring the bell uh michael give me a second here ah now Ah. we're officially done with three count. i mean this three count could have went long okay maybe we would have got tons of impressions who knows hey dude (laughs) it it, it would be like that like that
2: aj styles and damian priest match the bell never rang on that shit so they're still in a match (laughs)
0: Undertaker. That's all I gotta <laughs> say. Undertaker. Dude,
1: if that really happens, man, I gotta give it to you. I know it won't, but if that was, that would just be like, damn. You <laughs> that was dope to call that out. But what do you got, Michaels, to uh end our week? A fond
0: farewell to Gilbert Godfrey.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The um I was um Listening to uh, Howard Stern last week, and he, I did not know because I've been listening to Howard for for years, and I used to hear, um, Godfrey on, you know, but I didn't know. I I forget the total number, but it was somewhere over hundred and fifty times on the show. Yeah, and I was just like, wow. And they were playing some clips when I was listening to the live show. Uh, I think it was Wednesday or Tuesday, and uh, just some of the things he would just talk about was just just hilarious. A lot of things he would just uh, the the jokes and I guess one thing is that I, I've learned about him. Uh, one thing I learned is that he he really uh, was true to himself. He didn't he wasn't about letting the business control him in any way. And I'm sure that probably makes some people angry because you know if they dangle money in front of you, you'd be like, oh yeah, I'll do anything. Yeah. yeah. He didn't like whatever, you know. I don't need your money. I don't need it. I'm doing on my time. I do it the way I like it, and you know, that's the way it's gonna be. So, (laughs) so it's just uh, it it was pretty much that's the type of career you would want, and especially as a comedian, uh, you know, he was able to live that that life. So, yeah, he would definitely be uh, definitely be missed. Yeah. All right, everyone, again, thanks for uh, for being with us, and we will see you next week. All right, happy wrestling. The biggest bad boys of podcasting.